Hey, loyal podcast listeners, welcome back to another long overdue episode of City of Champions, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATP. This episode, I brought back to the show a fan favorite from last year, Mr. Dean Guido. Now, if you don't know Dean, he's one of the best personal trainers in the city, and he's also got totally badass Spider-Man and Venom tattoos up his arm, so that's pretty cool. Uh, This was as freewheeling an episode as you're going to get, but there's some seriously entertaining stuff that we talk about in here. Uh, We talk about Dean's experience starting his own podcast, The Fitness Devil, and cover some great advice for anyone thinking about starting their own. Uh, We also talk about finding your niche in life and doing what feels good um, and translating that into a meaningful and productive life. And of course, you can't have a chat with this man, Dean Guido, without picking his beautiful brain about training and fitness. So of course, we cover that too. Uh, Quick shout out to our sponsors. Firstly, the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. I recommend checking them out because they do amazing things. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. Secondly, I'm lucky to be a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, uh, and they've got great podcasts covering every topic you can imagine. So if you're looking for some new listens, go check them out at albertapodcastnetwork.com for the full listings of shows. And now, ladies and gentlemen, get yourselves ready for some beef. Too far to brought, charge it. I brought my microphone too because I gotta go record one. What uh, what's your setup? What do you use for yours? I use the nicer version, the pro version of the um, professional blue. I don't know what this one's a snowball. The other one, blue snow, the yeti. The other blue, oh, the, the other blue, the blue, blue, blue yeti, yeti, not yeah. the blue snowball. Or no, blue yeti snowball, and then the blue. I don't know. It's the nice, the three hundred and fifty dollar one. Do you use headphones on yours? Yeah, that I was gonna ask you. Do you need headphones with this? No, no, you just record it, Cam. Yeah. I'm doing a bunch on the road. We're recording right now. We're yeah. live. And it's working. Sweet. I want to try headphones though, because I've heard it like brings you into the conversation more. It makes you understand how loud you are. So like if I were to talk very loudly, I could hear it and it's piercing. I'm like, oh shit, when I turn on the volume. So you don't adjust your your own volume, you adjust the the Yeah, because I think like the the biggest thing was, like I don't know, you probably went through this experience, was trying to figure out, I think they call it like mic etiquette. Yeah, but you kind of have to learn how to talk to it. Okay. So a lot of people will try. They'll they'll talk not like themselves when they talk to a mic. Huh. When the goal is to just speak normally and then adjust the volume for that. Right. Because then you end up doing like, they'll talk closely or further away, and you kind of have to get where you're most comfortable with. Yeah. Have you ever spoken with a microphone like on a stage? No. Because that's that I just did that for the first time in Calgary, and yeah. that's different. Like it's weird because it's there's a slight delay. So it kind of trips you up when you say something and like, and you hear the echo in the room. I could see that. Yeah. And I've used those mics. So when we first started, we didn't use the nice, these are called condenser mics. We used the dynamic ones, which would be those ones they use on stage where it just like catches whatever's in front of you. Right. And that was hard to adjust initially. Like these are way nicer. You just talk and it's good. Yeah. Um, with those ones, you, it would like, there would be popping and you'd have to go, depending on how further away, it would sound different, much yeah. different. The only time I've ever had a problem with this is when I tried to record in a moving vehicle. <laughs> I think you were talking about that the other night. You're just like, it was not, it was rushed and you were just like holding it up. Yeah, I had to adjust the levels and But like, it catches every, that's the one problem with these mics where those ones, the other ones don't, Right. is this catches everything. Like this will catch like a pin drop, like 10 feet away yeah. and it'll distract it. So that's why you have to have a nicer area. So how's your podcast going? It's going good. I yeah. think- um, How many, are you still doing one a week? Yeah, we're at 60. 
We're at 60 Fuck, you guys caught up to me. But we had like a few where we had double in a week, which I'm never doing again. But yeah. it's like snowballed. Yeah, like you're I'm, doing three today. I'm doing three today, but it's like I'm doing Separate mine, podcast. this one, and then my other one. But the first one is one of those projects where I just didn't know, kind of like what this was. I didn't know what was up. I just wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it just snowballed as guests got going. And like, I think we're at 2,400 downloads a week, mm-hmm. which is, I was okay with 10. Like, yeah. I remember specifically saying, like, my mom's going to listen to it. Like, a couple <laughs> of my friends, like a few of Andrew's friends, and like, sweet, we'll have 10, but like, let's use it to network. And then it just became like, we had Dean Somerset on the first one, and it like hit like 700 within like, four hours because he shared it and I'm like oh like this is a pretty easy thing to do and I don't think it is easy but like it just happened where we we didn't have to do anything right what's so funny because like you get so out of touch with the numbers Mm -hmm. because you're behind a computer screen right like if you were in a room talking like giving information out to 10 people that would be good you'd be like fuck I'm reaching 10 people here but online 10 is like oh man only 10 people it's like getting 10 likes on a photo like we're so we're so spoiled now with the access to to the community through the internet well absolutely and if even if i look like i'm almost desensitized to it where like if i don't get a certain amount like if i don't get 2300 i'm like kind of pissed and i'm not that pissed but it's just like (laughs) you just you almost get that rush from it going higher and higher and higher and higher and not all of them do that well and it's just it is what it is but Initially, I would have thought all oh, my numbers were good, and mm-hmm. I still do. But it's just like you always want more, I guess. Well, yeah, especially a guy like you who's always trying to improve, always trying to grow. So, I mean, you're really only able to measure it based on the numbers. Like people might objectively say, "Hey, you're better than you were a year ago when yeah. you started, and you were shit, and now you're half decent." Well, and that's just the thing. And I think I've been trying to kind of take that stress out because that's not like me looking at my numbers every like two hours is honestly like a useless thing to do and it has no effect on it so i've been trying not to care about it's it it's the worst yeah the push post and, dr- and put it down yeah that post was like and drop that's what i tell everyone like people ask me about <laughs> podcasts and stuff i'm like i don't know i just say like fuck it post it yeah because the more you yeah. hesitate to do something the less likely you are going to do it and that's kind of where i had that mentality going in and i think that that's why it was successful because I just did it. Like, I think that was, and it's similar to you, I'm sure, is this, like, you think about something, mine was like, the idea was in my head and we're doing it three weeks later because Mm -hmm. it was, the longer you wait, like, you're not gonna, like, people say they'll do things for years. Yeah. And I didn't realize how easy it was and people think it's so hard, but we have a mic right here, Mm -hmm. connected to your computer and you hit record. Yeah, I think. That's, (laughs) I hope. Yeah, yeah, we're good. (laughs) But that's about the extent of it. 100%. Outside of, like, Skype calls and a few other things, like, you can make it as complicated as you want, but my goal was to not make it complicated because it didn't have to be. Yeah, I think um, the other part too is like people, um, people just think that because you're, you know, because you're recording, because like, I don't know about you, I've prepared to the nth degree sometimes, <laughs> and then sometimes I've just winged them. And there's almost no correlation to the amount that I prepare to how good the podcast is. I found there's been zero and I don't know how, I don't know how you know. Coming from two procrastinators. But like sure. literally, so like the way it goes for us is Andrew will write the script. Mm-hmm. Like he usually sets up the interviews, I'll set up a few, but we'll, we'll like shoot the shit with the guests for a while before and then we'll just go record. Yeah. I've gotten to the point now where I look at the script like 20 minutes before and like okay. just practice my questions so that it doesn't sound So normal. he writes your questions? Oh yeah. Like that was, yeah. And it was kind of one of those things where I knew what I was good at was just posting it. Because if I were to just do a podcast on my own, which our other one we are doing on our own, there's no scripts because it's just too much time. Like, 
if you're doing like a side project that's not making any money, if it takes 10 hours a week to prepare for it, that's not a good investment of your time. Where no. Andrew does the scripts, I do everything else. We both probably spend the same amount of time. But the more I was practicing, the worse that they were getting. If that makes like in my yeah. mind, they were worse yeah. because you got too much up there trying yeah. to trying to hang on to all this stuff in your right. head. When in reality, it's and like too, the more you think about it, sometimes it just kind of it falls apart. Very similar to the story like last night about the planning. How like yeah. you're you're planning on speaking at the beginning, then the middle, and then the end. Like it just didn't happen with the podcast. If you think it's going to go a certain way, yeah. it almost comes out structured. Yeah. Where like there's there's a lot of room for maneuvering around things, and if you're not if you're thinking it has to be a certain way, you almost miss the opportunity to make it sound or to make it more organic. Yeah. And this least when I don't prepare for things, it tends to come up better in the podcast. Now that's in my mind, so that's not very objective. <laughs> that's a subjective view, but right. I mean I think that the best podcasts we have are the ones where I like literally try to learn nothing about it because then I'm genuinely interested when I get in there as opposed to knowing everything there's to know about them. Yeah. We always, there's always that magic of that first interaction. The first time you ask them, the first time you think of something mm-hmm. like I've never thought about this before, but if you've thought about it too much, it comes off as prepared almost. And, and a lot of the times I would say like when it comes off prepared, it probably is most of the time. Mm-hmm. And like I've had good, it, I like to like, I don't want to say be honest, but I like to let people be involved or see what's involved with it and not cut anything out. So like if we fuck up on there, it's like, oh shit, Andrew wrote this question. Totally can't fucking say it. I'm just <laughs> going to say this, but I think that I would appreciate that in a podcast. So I just do it the way I would see something being done. It's kind of nice when you realize that people aren't so um, strict in their mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people think it's really hard and it's really not. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to see that people struggle. So I would like to see that. So I just do it that way. Moral of the story, anyone can do this shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you did it, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, uh, let's do one a week for uh, as long as I can do that for. And almost made it a year. But You, you actually missed one? I, at the very end, week 50, I got to. I got 50 weeks in. And then the shooting schedule this summer with our docs just got crazy. Like we were in Toronto and LA and back and forth. Like I spent more time in Toronto this summer than I yeah. did in Edmonton. Anyone message you? What? Like, where's our podcast? Like, yeah, a couple people, my mom and a couple <laughs> friends in Calgary. We're like, it's Wednesday. Where's your podcast? Did you forget to post it? I'm like, oh no, someone noticed. Well, I think the one thing is we never actually, I don't know, did you ever say it on your podcast? Like, I'm going to deliver you guys one a week for this long. I don't think so. But when you do something for 50 weeks yeah. in a row, I think people notice. Like, one thing, I, I just heard this on Mike Robinson's podcast. He was like, he goes through the habit of not committing to too much. So he'll say, I'm going to do 50 podcasts once a week for the next 50 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't commit to anything because he's like, in 50, in 50 weeks, I might not even want to do it. And I think that people are okay with it if you're they're kind of part of the process and you're not over committing so we never said we're going to do one a week we kind of just have held that but mm. i don't know it's, it's important to have that internal um accountability though because yeah. if i hadn't said if i hadn't committed myself to doing it i wouldn't have it would have been one every three weeks and then it, it yeah or maybe one. twice two in one week and then one yeah. in two months like i'm really glad i did it especially at the start because it forces you to like hammer out the details and the process and the process and get better at it yeah. so now i feel confident enough to at any point even if it's been a month yeah. like it has today sit down and just like shoot the shit with someone and or even like last time when we were here you're just like fuck someone canceled you guys come over and like 
Like yeah. I think it was like the next day. We're like, sure. I, I didn't no, even that day. It was that night. Yeah. That night. Like, hey, Dean, you want to come over? And I was like, the Andrews telling me, I'm like, sure. I put it together <laughs> and I posted it that night. Because we got to be for midnight. I and, remember. And didn't miss my. Actually, I did say one a week though, so I, I missed a couple Wednesdays, which no one really gave me shit for because I was earlier in the process. Yeah. Then I had it down. And even when I went to China for two weeks and I was gone for three because I was in Vancouver before, I pre-recorded a bunch and yeah. I had them all set. So I did my recording on the road from China and then posted them. So that's kind of where I'm going to be at because I'm on the road for like 10 days. So I got to, I had to see if I could do it on the road because I have like this little like mixer and stuff. But anyways, yeah. You're super well behaved though. So you haven't even plugged your podcast. No. Talk I, about them. Well, the, they already know, man. The people know me around here. It's like oh you were- Oh my fucking God. Uh, so the Big first one, is just, it's just the fitness devil and it's actually called the fitness devil you know. So if anyone has ever named anything, it's never a perfect process. And the fitness devil you know is a stupid fucking name. <laughs> like no like, one gets the reference. Like, like if you were gonna name it that, if you're gonna go that far and why didn't you just go the whole way through? The like, fitness devil you know is better than the devil you don't. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like that's kind of, that was the conversation we had. Like yeah. that's what that means. Yeah. And then like no one got what that meant because we never explained it. And why would you get that in hindsight? So everyone just started calling it the fitness devil. And so and, I just and, hacked off the bottom part of it on the like, label and it's just the fitness devil podcast, which has no meaning. Like there's no meaning to that. Who's the fitness devil? I guess we are the devils. The, the way I like to think of it is, is like, we're just trying to cover the other, the, the dark. I don't know, it's not even the dark end of fitness. At this point, like it's just a name. The logo's stupid. It was like a $5 Fiverr logo. Like I said, when it was three weeks to do it, I called Andrew on the way to BC and it was like shoddy covers through the mountains on like speakerphone. And I was like, hey, we're doing this. And it was literally the next week on Fiverr, figured out how to post it and it went on in three weeks. Mm -hmm. So like, it's horrible. Like, I don't even know, like when do you redo like branding for stuff like that? I don't think you need to. Honestly, like I've gone through a couple different naming things yeah. in the last two years and everyone, first of all, never ask people their opinion on it. No. Because half the people are gonna like it and half aren't, inevitably. Most right? people probably don't like mine. <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe people do, but the biggest thing is that people start to associate the the content the product yeah. with the name not the other way around yeah so they're not saying like oh like it's it's a shitty name so therefore the content shitty they're going like oh no no it's really good content so then they don't think about the name that's just what it is well and i've kind of ran with that a bit like the fuck it posted thing is that it's a fiverr image the name sucks um we have very low end production value. And then I've kind of went to it where like, we don't even edit. Yeah. Like I edit, like the, I chop off the ends. And it's kind of almost funny to me because like, I think that a lot of people overthink it and it ends up being worse. So it's almost to the point where like my, my normal spiel is like we're, we're in the podcast, they'll ask something I'm like, hey man, we ain't the Joe Rogan podcast here. There's like two of us, a mic, like, five dollars investment on the logo that's like, literally how joe got started though right? and that like, might be the, the way to do it i think because you just end up doing it and my graphics are like made up in canva and someone even commented like you guys need to hire someone for your like ads and i'm almost at the point where i'm gonna make it worse because then it's almost it goes viral because they're that bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah be like those really crappy cartoons that people watch just because they're so bad but people have shared them so the cool thing is because it is distinguished, like we use movie ads and movie titles to kind of um, create a character around the person we're interviewing. They remember that and that's almost helped my ability to network with these people because it's like they're part of the process, it's something different. Because when you interview people, they talk about the same shit on every podcast. Like if you go listen to 
someone like Joe Rogan, let's say, someone who he interviews, you go listen to 10 of his interviews, they're probably very, very similar. And I think that that's why people like Joe Rogan, because he, he takes it in a weird direction. And that's kind of where we do it to the point where like, we just shoot the shit with them. And it, I try not to talk about the thing that they, they're there for, because right. then that's what I would want to listen to. So I've made it less about people listening to it and more about myself, but yeah. it seems to be working well, for think, at least my ability to do it. I think it's interesting because you take like the hosts who are, you guys are the, the through line of every podcast, yeah. you're always there. And so you're getting your guests there. So you're basically like filtering the guest experience yeah. through your lens, yeah. right? And that's really what the audience is seeing. It's yeah. not like a conversation between these two. It's like, it's like you understanding the other person because yeah. they know you as the audience, right? Yeah. It's kind of a neat, a neat way to look at and it. And like, who the fuck are we? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're Joe Rogan's part of it. We're like, I don't know. Everyone's interesting. Yeah. And if you don't think someone's interesting, you're just not asking the right questions. Absolutely. And that, that's almost like my main goal going into it is like, I'll catch them saying something and my goal is to get them off their script. Like if they <laughs> yeah, mention like something, that. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, let's go back and talk. Like this one guy was known for marketing, he talks about like how he was a skateboarder as a kid. I'm like, wait, man, you're like a long-haired skateboarding. Finds out he was like sponsored and all this stuff. He's never told that story in a podcast. I'm like, man, you guys missed out on gold. This guy's talking about like Dude. drinking and being a little fucked hard skateboarding. <laughs> and I was like, he's, he's like a clean cut guy. I'm like, that's the goal. That's what I want to know. Right. I know what people do. Like if you're on a podcast about nutrition and fitness, you probably know some things about nutrition and fitness. Don't care. Yeah. Like at this point, that's kind of where my head's at. And I don't know. It's, it's more fun that way. What else in your life have you done that's been that like fuck it post it mentality oh. that you could have waited and you could have tried to get it perfect that you didn't? Uh, fuck. Probably like Instagram and social media. Um, so like, I don't know if anyone kind of listening fitness professionals usually will have this like very tailored image on what things should be or like the specific points they're going to write out um, so that they can kind of create an, uh, a message for their audience. Not that I don't do that, but my rule is if I can't do it in one take, so like if I'm sitting on my phone, if I can't write out something off the top of my head, I'm not putting it out there. Mm -hmm. Partially because it's like, it almost comes off like you're trying too hard. A second piece, it's just way too mentally draining. So I think like literally my whole image has been that. I'm just trying to put out what is in my brain or like what I am as opposed to what I think I should be. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, I don't know if it's worked. I think it works. I'm happy and can sleep at night. But yeah. it's been, I'm not trying too hard to figure out who I am. I'm just doing what I think I need to do as opposed to going and reading five tips on how to be successful in business. Like I, it, that doesn't really apply to me. Like some of it might apply, but I see things differently and I just act on that. That's what you're doing is it's, it's like how civilization grows. It's called ratcheting up, right? So you take like what the people before you have done yeah. and you just, you, you distill it, right? Yeah. Like you, you make it better. You pick what you think is applicable. You toss away what's kind of garbage and you make every process more efficient. Yeah. Right. And you do it the way you see it and it doesn't have to necessarily be better. Like some people might think it's better. Some people might not, but you can do that day in and day out and it's not be exhausting. And I think that's a key point to how I've kind of structured what I do is that I've done the exhausting thing. Like I was a teacher before mm -hmm. and not that I didn't like teaching, but certain things were out of my control, exhausted me. And I didn't want to be in that position again. So it's like, I just stopped doing things I don't like. <laughs> what did, what, what, what got you into teaching in the first place? Like what was young Dean like? Young Dean. You're still pretty young. Yeah. We're, we're, we're pretty close in age. I, I think I'm 30. I turned 31 and like, I'm sorry, we are the exact same age. We're the exact same age. age. You're, you're older. Yeah. I turned 
31 in November 19th. I had to think of my birthday. Doesn't matter at this point. But I think the reason why I got into teaching was, to be brutally honest, was I was just playing football and I needed to go to school longer. Yeah. Because, like, my education ran out before my eligibility ran out. So, like, I'm typical out of high school, don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Mm. Screw it. I'm going to go work towards being a plumber and work at Sport Mart, take a year off and drink my face off. Like, you know, Tuesday, Tuesdays at Ezzy's. Those Tuesdays, Ezzy's, Wednesday, Thursday, Cowboys. I, I didn't grow up here. Oh, remember. damn it. So all like the cheap bar nights, yeah. hit up all those, enjoy my time. And I realized that I really didn't enjoy making, I think at that point, $9 an hour. Were you in shape back in high school? Yeah. Like, or like I was, high school? Yeah, I worked out. So like I was playing junior football at that time. So like in Edmonton, we have junior football in the university and I didn't, I was just good at football. I didn't know kind of what opportunities were there. Like that would have been 2005. So it's not like Canadian football is like a big thing where like, oh, your college is paid for. Yeah. I had no idea how good I was until I was essentially recruited for U of A. And this, mm-hmm. the second they're like, oh, you should apply. And I was like, wow, like I had like a 65 in high school. Like I wish someone would have told me I'm good enough to go to university. I probably would have tried harder. Like I'm a pretty driven person. If yeah. So, you just didn't see like the path, right? No, like yeah. university was stupid at that point. Like it wasn't stupid, but it seemed unattainable because I didn't care about it. Cause I cared about working out. I cared about football. I cared mm-hmm. about um, girls enjoying the bar. Yeah. So the second I realized I could do that and how shitty working was a job you didn't <laughs> like, it was like, sweet, get into school. So I upgraded gym, went to school. Um, the rest is history in terms of football but I had a few injuries where I was out a couple of years. So that extended my eligibility, I guess. So I was done school. If you don't play a year because you're injured, yeah. you so can like, play another year after the fact? Yeah, you can actually play one exhibition game in one season game. So oh. I ended up coming back and playing at the end of the season. Is that called redshirted? Yeah, so I would have had a medical redshirt. Okay. So like I started throughout, but like if I had two medical redshirts. Mm-hmm. So the rules are kind of finicky depending on which year you're at. Either way, I had two extra years. Okay. Even though I was on the team the whole time, yeah. I was just kind of medically registered. So it was like, well, wait. You're living the lifestyle, you just didn't have to play the game. Well, and I, I went to school for like a recreation degree. So nothing against anyone who has a recreation degree, but like I went just to get in. So it was like native studies or recreation. Like what yeah. can I get in that I need a 68 average to get into at that point? Basket weaving 101. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I remember my first class was like, the dude was like, you're in recreation because you love sports and like, philosophical ways of sport in, in history like but there's no money in this you got to do it for the love of it and i was like what there's no money in like this you mean athletes get paid man <laughs> that was this that was plan a <laughs> plan b was like the oh, just shit. finished university and i guess the recreational i don't even i don't even know what you can do with the recreation okay, so it's a bad plan to be a teacher from the get-go oh absolutely the teacher was only to be a teacher so yeah. like it was like okay Education, if I get into education, I get a job. If you get a two-year degree, it's one of the things where, like, if you have a degree in teaching, you can get a teaching job, and it pays X amount, which was quite a bit more than the other opportunities. So, yeah, sweet, let's do it. Um, I like coaching. I like teaching, really, but it was, I like the idea of teaching. I just didn't love it when I got into it in terms of what I was teaching. So, anyone familiar with the school system is you kind of got to pay your dues, sub, take on contracts, but you're not... You go to school for phys ed, teach phys ed, you're not teaching phys ed unless you kind of hit the jackpot. So you're teaching, like I taught every grade from kindergarten to high school. Dude, I can't picture you in front of a group of it was, grade three kids. Picture me in front of kindergarten, man. Yeah. So like the way it works, not the way it works, but there's a lot of females in like um, 
elementary school. So like sub coming in and like I was fairly good with the kids. Yeah. They loved the fact that there was like a, a male and the kids loved him and I was right. fun. It's so like, different. They kept calling me back. Yeah. And so like my a lot of my short term contracts and subbing was like at a few schools doing like all the kindergarten to grade five and like just like climbing on top of you. Oh man. Like kids if you want to hear some stories, like go teach kindergarten to grade one. It's just like just a whole nother realm of babysitting. What are they like at that age? Like I don't even they, they cry. They cry. They fight. They ask a million questions which is fine, it's just like, I didn't picture myself doing that and I wasn't bad at it, cause like, but like you're singing calendar games with them. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there like singing this. like the calendar, cause like they, the sub plans, they write out what you do. Okay, you're gonna sing the calendar, you're gonna let one of the kids draw his picture of the day, then he's gonna call someone, like literally it's a scaffolded that way. Then you're gonna read stories. So I'm reading like Robert Munch yeah. doing like sound effects. And like I just, it's stressful, man. <laughs> Dude, can we go back and recreate a day in the life of Teacher Dean one of these days? Absolutely. This would be so funny. But you have to do it like with your shirt off and your tattoos out. Well, that, I didn't even have my tattoos initially. So like I had them, but like yeah. that was almost a problem. Because like near the end when I was transitioning to um, back into fitness, essentially, I went back to sub pool. And so at that point, I already had my tattoos and like it's Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. It's Spider-Man when Spider-Man's popular, Marvel's popular. Like, yeah. Where did you get that tattoo? Like some grade three kid asking me, like, I told my dad about your tattoos. Like, oh. I want to get one just like you. I'm like, ah, don't. Oh, now you're going to get calls because yeah. the kids, the dean, teach, teacher Guido is trying to get kids getting that tattoos. Oh, man. Like, so. Like, my boy down the street actually does the best work. I can look you up. <laughs> like, and they'll ask me advice on it. I'm just like, man, I can't tell you. Like, Next question, please. Next question. Next question. I'm sure you've got more. Yeah. So, so, oh, so, you, so you busted out of that, thank yeah. God for you. And um, and then like, so you knew you were gonna go into training. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I was doing it anyways. Like post football, um, I got pretty heavy in the powerlifting and I was on a sponsor team. So like, like I won nationals like three times in a row, but like I'm not gonna get into the dynamics of like federations, but like in my federation, I was like a national champion yeah. like three or four times. So in a row. powerlifting is like not bodybuilding. It's just strict as heavy as you can. Yeah, lift. like squat, bench, deadlift. Um, I'm good at that. I liked it in football and I just did it full time after. <laughs> so post hip surgery, like let's go powerlift. And I was good at it. So I got almost immersed in the training and I was always interested in training. So like that was kind of, my practicum before was at like a sports training facility in my first degree. So like I always loved the training process and I was already researching and diving into it while I'm a teacher, while I'm in university, while I'm doing all these things, I was spending more time submerging myself in fitness and like just everything about it mm -hmm. that it seemed stupid to do the career I was in because I didn't care enough about it to put the work in I was doing otherwise. Right. And you're, so that's why I left. And you're like, I'm already learning this for my own personal yeah. interest. And the second factor is that you you learn better with, by trying to teach other people, right? right? So it, like you work through your process yeah. and you refine the information that you already Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And it's a silver lining is I, I was a teacher. So I already learned all the soft skills and the process and problem solving for teaching is fucked. Like it's, it's a shit show. So like training was easy compared to teaching in terms of like how, making shit up on the fly and like preparing. So like now I get paid to learn and I get to teach. Yeah. And it's, I'm not a teacher, but I'm getting like, you know what I mean? So I'm getting paid to learn and teach. Sweet. I'm technically a teacher still. Right. Except for I'm teaching what I want. People pay me Yeah. and they want to be there. Much different scenario. So it was kind of like, it's the perfect teaching scenario. 
Yeah, it's it's. I don't think that's very common that people find like literally their perfect niche. Like, no. would you say this is like absolutely perfect niche? And it was kind of one of those things where I kind of knew it, but I was held back by the money, my mortgage, my two vehicles. Like the life I built was built upon a like a a, a good wage and a like a, a standard had been set that I couldn't just leave. Mm-hmm. So it, that held me back from doing it sooner. But like to leave a career that most people would say is awesome to go to another career where most people don't think it's a viable option right kind of made me a little crazy i knew i could do it like because you knew like, it would work but I, you right. were listening to other people's expectations oh yeah like you're going to be a trainer like trainers are just a bunch of idiot part of yours you're 21 years old and i didn't see it that way but i also i also had a bit of life experience to look at it differently than i would have had i been 18. yeah so it because I fucked off and did something I didn't love, I I kind of got a new perspective when I finally decided to make the plunge. I guess like yeah. it, it meant more to me because I knew the other side. Right, of course. And like most people have to go through like several of those career changes. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the stat? Like, you'll have gone through three careers by the time you're forty. Yeah, our generation like is stupid. Like they're just like. But it's not, it's, we just have more options. We, we do have more options and we get paid pretty, like in Canada anyways, we get paid pretty well for most stuff. Yeah. Like you could literally work at Tim Hortons and like be above the poverty line. Yeah, poverty, but that's like, you gotta be super frugal. Like You're not on no, the streets. There is no fat on that budget, you know, like there's no trimming back. It's like, you know. Free food? Free from Tim's? Don't you don't mean you don't. I'm not, you know, I'm not speaking, I have no I don't idea. Know. I've never worked at Tim Hortons, only dairy. I'm not using that example again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but like it was, it, it, we have a lot of viable options and I think it's hard to know what you're going to like and become when you're young. And it, you know what, at any point in your life, because if you're not there, you don't know it. But when you're there, you know it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, like we talked about life experiences, like you're producing movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you even do anything movie-wise as a kid? No, my favorite question is, where'd you go to film school? Yeah, like... like what, I, what's film school? I like movies. Do you watch movies in, in school? Is yeah. that film school? Like, dude, where's my car? Was it the movie? Like, you just like movies. I don't know. Like, who knew I would be... I don't even like movies. It's like, I'm not like a... I like movies like like the next guy, but I'm not like a huge movie. What I like is I'm a, I like stories. And yeah. I like narratives. And I like, I like to understand things. Like, so like you, I've kind of found this niche where it's storytelling um, combined with psychology, Mm -hmm. combined with like a really cool delivery platform, right? Something that's uncommon, like not many people put out films, so. And that allow you to kind of like, I would say like we've had this talk about psychology, but like you start learning some of these concepts that are kind of foreign to a lot of careers and you can take them and integrate them into what you're doing. So me learning about psychology in the mind has nothing to do with fitness to the outside world, Mm -hmm. but it has everything to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so I just get paid to integrate stuff I like to learn about and put it into that platform, Mm -hmm. which is writing, which is podcasts, which is videos and, and, training people, you're just doing it through movies to some extent, because you can't be a total dummy. Yeah. Like if you don't understand anything, like you don't bring anything to the table to even get that shit on the, on the, on the plate. Well, the thing is too, like you could have a totally different skill set than me and still do what we're doing, right? Yeah. Like it's, there's a place for every one skill set in it. So like I find, cause like typically the adage goes, like you fall either more as a creative or mm-hmm. on the business side. 
Well, I find I'm kind of on both because yeah, okay. I thought I was going to be business side, but mm-hmm. as we got on set and as we started going through interviews and talk, telling these narratives, I started thinking like, oh, I want to know more about this. Like you should ask him this. Yeah. And like, and you know, what about shooting it like this? Not that I give the DOP like my suggestions or any means, but sometimes you see something that yeah. they might not. And our team is so great that there's no ego and we can make suggestions. We're, op- we're open to putting ourselves out there because they'll... They'll just be straight up and say, no, we don't do it like this because of that or whatever. Well, and that's unique in itself is that finding that environment where you can be that and it not be, um, I guess, crushed. Because at the other opposite end, I could learn all this fitness stuff and I could be in a place which kind of, we're doing it this way, this way, this way, this way. Kind of like teaching, like you're in a union, things have to happen this way. But they're not open to new ways of doing it where you're kind of, you've, you've talked about this before, but you have a team where like those are like, it's open to be whatever you're going to be. Yeah. And then the product's better because you're not closed off to the options really. Yeah. You got to be fluid. Like you yeah. can't have a system, a structure that is so rigid that there's no room for improvement. Right. No. And that's no fun. And maybe that's just my personality or yours, but that's not fun. And it will show through probably when you work, I would assume. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And I should qualify by saying, I've only done one film so far, but several more on the way. And you make movies? <laughs> I make movie. <laughs> I've, I've made movie. Like, I could just imagine, like, people thinking your documentary series is just, like, you walking around, like, with this, like, little GoPro. Like, <laughs> like Shane, do you make movies? Yeah, like, my cell phone's out. Like, I just, whatever I, like, I see that I like, I shoot. And then we put it on, on the screen. No, it doesn't work that way. I like, I like the fact, like, I like... I guess over delivering on people's expectation, expectations on what you do. And we had this conversation before the podcast was people don't know what you do. And I would say on the opposite end, most people don't know what I do. And I'm fine with that because the people who I reach kind of know what I do, but I don't even know exactly what I do. I do a bunch of stuff. They know your title, right? Yeah. So they think they know what you do. They think they, you know, personal yeah. trainer and they think, oh, you help people work out. Yeah. You know, and maybe you give them advice on their diet. They don't see like the countless hours, it's the tip of the iceberg, right? They don't see the countless hours of professional development, learning, studying, researching, testing out new things on yourself. You're a human guinea pig. Well, and it's it's to the point where like, I'm not making a lot per hour. Like I'm making enough to live in. Like I have a bunch of projects that, have some financial. You're right, um, man. You need help. Is that what this is about? I need a job, man. I got lots of skills. Hey, anyone got some money for Dean? But like, I make, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, and I, I have a lot of projects that will allow me to do other things. But I think that I don't really care about. I'm not really driven by that. Mm-hmm. Once I figured out that I like to learn, and I like to just, I guess be better at the stuff I'm learning and then just figure out a way to make money from that. I think a lot of people get caught up and maybe they don't get caught up. Maybe they really like it, but in the fitness industry, I want to help people. I want to do all this. Mm-hmm. I don't not, I don't, I give a shit about helping people, but it's not like I got into it cause I'm going to go change the world. I just want to make friends that are like that, that are crazy like me. I want to learn the stuff I want to learn and I want to figure out a way to get paid. Getting paid for it just puts my skill set in a environment where I can help people and I do a good job at it, right. but I'm not driven by that. Right. I'm, I'm very happy when I do it. I'm just not, I'm driven by something different than changing the world. And I think that whatever that is, I'm happy with it. So the payment is not the metric for success. It's the byproduct. It's the byproduct of allowing me the opportunity to keep doing the system, which is working right now. And at some point it might not work. Mm-hmm. Like I talk about fuck it, post it. But at some point that might not be, that might not be in the cards because I don't enjoy it. And that's kind of when I've been good at cutting up the stuff, 
I don't like or that's not working and then just replacing with stuff that is. And there's like a concept called like sunk cost, but a lot of people, a lot of people, I keep saying that, but people who kind of invest in something, yep. um, they will try, they will be on the understanding that they have to do it because they committed to it. And that's not necessarily true. And the metrics don't really work for them being any more monetarily successful because of that. Yeah. And I just was never, <laughs> after I quit teaching, because I always kind of knew in the back of my head, but after I quit teaching, that was the last time, the last job in which I was committing to something because I did this. So because I did university, I have to be a teacher. Yeah. Because I played football, I have to keep being a pro. Right. I just started cutting out stuff that I don't like. And because of this, I've kind of gotten further than I ever expected. And mm -hmm. I've kind of just went the opposite of that way. And I think that a lot of people are in that same spot or were in that same spot. And it's not necessarily going to pan out the way you think. Right. It might, but... So instead of seeing life as like a trajectory, like where your path is based yeah. off where you were shot from, yeah. think of it instead as a game of Frogger yeah. crossing the street where you <laughs> could just at any moment well, get away. The, well, the levels change. Well, like, how do you know you don't like hockey if you never played hockey? You know what I mean? So it's just like, I, yeah, I'm just not sold on things that don't work for me. It's a cool way of looking at life for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I, do you see any parallels to um, the, you didn't know how good you were at football early yeah. uh, to being a podcaster? Because uh, you're like, I don't know if I'm good or not, but I'm still doing it. And if all of a sudden you're getting 2,400 downloads per episode, which is I think I had a feeling. Nothing. I always had a feeling I was good at stuff. And like, I'm not saying I'm good at podcasting, but I'm fairly competitive where it started because I like, was listening to podcasts. I called Andrew, but someone did a podcast and it was fucking horrible. I was like, man, if these guys can do it, like, who was it? Like, Let's put those guys on blast. I think, honestly, I think it was Mike Boyle's one. Who's like, Mike Boyle? Mike Boyle's like Mike the Boyle, best you're on blast. coach in the, the world, but someone else runs it. And it's not that I think he's that bad. I just didn't like the way he was doing it. Okay. And so I was like, screw it, I'll do it. But there is a parallel. Like, if I would have sucked, perfect example, the first three podcasts we did, I hated them. Mm -hmm because I, I studied, I had the script, I wasn't fluid, I was like trying not to swear, and I was just like basically subduing what I wanted to do. And I called Andrew and I was like, listen man, like, I hate this. Can we just do it this way? He's like, screw it, let's do it. And so I just threw out, I just did what I wanted to do and then it felt better and thus I did it. So I think I always have an idea of what I should do. I just didn't always act on it. And the more I've acted on that like inner voice, the more things have panned out the way I planned or not planned. Like they just turned out better than I expected. Right. And the second I started thinking that there was a strict way of doing something is, is always the second it never turns out proper. And so there's something to be said for being, sm you're smarter than you think you are a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Well, and we're also always so unsure of ourselves mm -hmm. at the same time, right? Like if we've never done anything before, how do you, how are you confident that you can do it? Yeah. And most of the times you can, right? But there's always that. And then of course you get, you know, into practice and you, you do it more and then it just becomes like fun and easy and relaxed, right? Like, yeah. but no one likes to suck at things. No. And I don't think a lot, I don't know. You see that in the gym more than anywhere. I'm sure people are probably so resistant to starting yeah. because they're afraid to look silly, afraid to fail, afraid to not know what they're doing. And it's just afraid of feeling uncomfortable. Well, and, and I think that we're at a point in society where 
that becomes the norm because we're so there's so many examples on where you should be and what you should do that it's it's very hard to think for yourself and i'm not saying that everyone doesn't think for themselves but there is kind of this mold on where especially in western society on what you should eat where you should career be when you should have a job should you quit job should you have children like it's kind of all kind of planned out and that's not necessarily that's that's just a very good way to do what someone else is doing but it's not necessarily what you want to do. And I don't think many people are willing to take that risk because it's hard. Like it is hard to do stuff that is hard. Wow, <laughs> profound. But most profound thing we've heard on the show. It's easy to do stuff that you don't have to think about and most people are gonna take the most efficient way to do something, yeah. but they're missing out on the product of the hard work that's involved with kind of going against, I guess, your what you wanna do. Like it's easy to eat food. Like sure if, is. Like, we're designed evolutionary evolutionarily to have food and when we have it we eat it we don't like why would you not eat food like we're it's, it's so hard to get food back in the day that's yeah. what we evolved for yeah. there's food everywhere like let's fucking eat to not be overweight in society would be very hard it's right. so easy to get food so right. you have to literally go against your your evolutionary traits of eating and, and saving away food to be in shape or to lose weight and that's crazy but mm-hmm. that there's a lot of examples of that so to kind of progress yourself forward into what kind of is healthy or kind of the right path, you basically have to do the opposite of what you want to do a lot of times initially. You just spun in so many directions there. But I think, yeah. I think the basic, the one I heard that always kind of boils down the point you're making is hard choices, easy life. Well, easy choices, hard life, right? Yeah. Like if you go the easy route, you're going to always, you're going to have a hard time because also we're built and we're programmed and I don't know how this happened, but we're programmed to more than anything, find meaning out of being productive. Yeah. Like I think that's the ultimate goal of life is to be productive and happiness is a byproduct of that. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think I'm listening to a book on consciousness, take it in another direction, but we're listening to a book. Yeah. We love the 21st century. Love, I love consciousness and like the awareness and psychology, but a lot of the time the brain doesn't want to be alone with itself. So it fills it with stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And, we almost get stuck doing just stupid, not stupid shit, but stuff that's not gonna progress you to what you wanna do. And I don't think most people know what that is because they don't truly know what they want in life that they just fill with the easy stuff. And it's the same idea is that you're just filling time that's not necessarily meaningful. Yeah. And they're not present. We're thinking about the future. We're thinking about what we did in the past and they're not <clears> focusing <throat> on the here and now. And that's hard. Like it's hard to understand where you are to be truthful on what you're doing. And I think that having that skill of just being honest with yourself will kind of almost make you do the hard work Mm -hmm. because if you don't know you're not if you don't know what you don't know you're not going to do it but (laughs) you've got to figure it out but that that comes with trying stuff like how did you know you were going to like podcasting you never fucking tried it yeah exactly you try something you think you're going to like it you push through long enough to get past the messy like i feel super uncomfortable doing this and then people like to do things that they're good at right and i think where success comes from is when people see you enjoying doing something i mean we all like to watch someone who's good at their job doesn't matter what job that is you know we could you know like to watch the best actor in the world and that's a beautiful craft tom Cruise, brad pitt Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt, yeah. I or would, Leonardo. I would throw Leo in there. Yeah, those are my three. That would be my, yeah. I'd vouch for Leo, but yeah. anyway, we'll let the viewers yeah. decide. Leo. We didn't mention any women. Uh, who is my favorite? Who's killing it right now? Apparently Maggie Gyllenhaal just had a wicked movie out called Kindergarten Teacher. I could see that. And it's not that it's I like Netflix. women actors, I just like Leo's movies. 
Yes, like, that's true. He does you know, get. I do like what's her name, the the Canadian girl. Um, she was in Inception with Leo. Oh, um, Helen Bohem Carter. No, the little girl. She was in that. St- oh, Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Yeah. I really like Ellen Page. She's good. Yeah. I, is I she like, she's like the great. Is she like, like forty her. or twenty. Who, who cares? Like she, I know. She, I'm just curious. I think she's actually like she's not as young as she looks. Like, maybe. If you look, maybe we're wrong. Maybe she just. But that, no, that's why I'm asking. Okay, so how old do you think? I would say she's 32. Wow, she's 31. 31. Your your age. That's funny. Yeah, and she's right in the middle of what I thought. So. But I like all her movies. All her movies. All her movies. I think all of them. Like, what other movies does she have? She's in Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, that's probably why I like her. <laughs> As much as I don't like, she, I don't like she I don't got to you early. Whoa! Look at her. That's what I mean. She's look at like her a movie list for for you guys listening. She's been in like thirty movies. Most of them Canadian, I think. Like at the beginning, anyways. Because she's a Canadian girl. Good Canadian girl, Ellen yeah. Page. She was an X Men. Yeah, see? she was an X person. Yeah. When are they gonna switch that? They are switching to X Men. To X people? Oh no! <laughs> when are they gonna? St- <laughs> it's coming. You never know, right? That, what do you think of the the um, anthem switch up? You know what? I, I get the idea of why they, it's it's not. I get the idea. I don't love it, but it doesn't really change anything if I really think about it. Like I listened to it at the Oilers game; it sounded great. Well, because Rob Clark kills it every yeah. time. But like, I think people made a bigger deal than it needed to be. Like, if it was me, I wouldn't change it. But if I knew some people that like were offended by it, maybe not. yeah. It's such a slippery it's slope because at one point you want to say like, look, I could care, I couldn't care less if yeah. you change one word. And yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but that's only because we're not used to it. So yeah. like, at the end of the day, what does it matter? But then, where do you stop that? Because like, how you know, people can get offended at anything. And at which point do you say like, look, we're gonna, we, we can't change everything just because of the way you feel about it, right? Well, that's where and like just... what is important and what's not. Okay, so like the word in the anthem, not that important, no. right? But I'm sure there's an example of something where it's like you want something to be changed, but it's like gender pronouns, perfect yeah. example, right? They want to be referred to as whatever that is. Yeah. Well, like. Biologically speaking, you're a he or a she. We're not yeah. talking about your sex. We're talking about your biology. And it's hard. Like, it's, it, could you imagine like how many people fucked that up? Like when they well, maybe they didn't, but like now you're stressed out. You got to sing this anthem. Like I wonder how Rob felt about it. like how much did the practice not to say that? Right. Because I was still singing, and then like it screwed me up because Rob sang, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's changed. But like it totally threw me off. Like it's just imagine your day. It was enough to be like, oh yeah, this and maybe that's it's awareness. But like, could you imagine doing that with all the gender pronouns? Like, there's no way. At one point, I, I read that there was seventy six. Yeah, like I, I don't. What's one? What's what's one of the things? Z G Vung. I don't know. I know Z and Zer were too. As horrible as it is, some of the jokes are fucking awesome. Like, and I'm not one that really gives a shit, like, do whatever you want, but some of the ones where they're, like, making fun of people being, like, foxes and stuff are just hilarious. There's some good comedy to be had, but I guess, like... I like the one meme of the the crazy girl with the glasses. And she's like, did you just assume my gender... (laughs) And like it's totally offside to make those jokes sometimes. Oh yeah, but we're like, gonna get smashed on this podcast. <laughs> but I, I, you know what? I, I I empathize with it because as a teacher, even before like I, I worked with a lot of at-risk youths, and like I understand the background behind it, and I am sensitive to the fact that I do watch what I say most of the time. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes it's just like, 
like, yes, where do you draw the line? Because if I were to like filter what I say, it may come in genuine, ingenuous, yeah, ingenuous, disingenuous, genuine, disingenuous anyways. It's, it's like pointing out the fact that you're trying to do something, not just wholeheartedly doing it. And I, I would rather just come off as like personable as opposed to like trying to t like tailor my message. Cause then you can't say what you want to say at the time. Cause you're worried about, is this person going to be mad? Is this going to be, someone's going to be mad regardless. Yeah. I think it's important to, to determine intent, right? Yeah. Like if you, if you screw something up unintentionally, you mean no harm. It's like, you know, cut that person some slack. That's like really a personal problem, right? Like yeah. we, if someone screws up your name, do you get mad? No, no, I never. If someone, I screw, I screw up my name. Is it a D or a G? It's, it's Guido Guido, Guido. It's actually Guido. And so like, it's just like, Guido. I just say Guido. Yeah. It's going to call it my whole life. If someone screws up, if someone calls you a she, yeah. you get mad. You're probably like, you're just an idiot. Be I'm clearly a man. <laughs> I, would, I would call them an idiot. Right. Like but you're not pissed off because no. they didn't mean any harm by it, right? They weren't like, oh, you're a girly girl, you know? Yeah, if, if they said that, I might get mad. But maybe the, the thing is, someone could say that. That's your trigger. And like, someone could say that, and I wouldn't get mad if it was like my boy and he was joking. So yeah. it's like intent is totally something that I'm behind. But it's how do you. The problem is on the internet, it's hard to like see intent. And I think that yeah. that's where a lot of stuff happens is. If you're face to face with someone, you can you can pretty much judge intent pretty easily unless yeah. like you're not really paying attention. Like on the internet, that's hard, and I get it. But I'm probably more structured on the internet than I am in person. You're like, more offensive in person. Oh yeah, completely. Because like it, it I don't know, you talk a big game, but like I've never heard you just flat out insult anyone. That's in the true. few times we've hung out. That's true. I mean, Maybe you just on your best behavior, whatever. But like. I will do it in a way where I'm like on the internet where I'm like, I cover my bases because it ain't going away. Yeah. And so like, I'm, but that comes with social like understanding of like, if you say something racially like heated, that doesn't go away and someone like, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to even get in that area. Not that I even care, but I'm kind of, I do tailor that message just because you never know who's watching. And I learned that as a teacher, essentially. Here's, here's a perfect example, right? Like two people could say the exact same thing to yeah. a person and the interpretation of that is completely dependent on whether the person being talked to likes that person or not, yeah. right? Like, so if, you know, if I said to a friend of mine, like, hey babe, or called her babe or something, Dude, and we're, 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 you know, we're buddies and she's like, like, Hey babe. She's like, Hey, how's it going? But if I said that to a stranger who doesn't know me or doesn't like me or someone who yeah, specifically doesn't like me, I'm like, Hey babe, it'd be like, don't fucking call me. But maybe babe. you were like, babe, it wouldn't come as bad. Baby, so like, babe, see, that would babe. be totally, but see, that might be fine. Like if you they were, might like me after if you're at a summer. bar and you're drinking and you said that, like I that might that. be okay. I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Never sung to anyone. No, I don't go to the bars and drink. But that, that's kind of one of those things where, yeah, I think people read too much into it too. So like, also, I've never had a problem. So maybe I'm good. I also thought of your, your Halloween costume for this year. Have I? No, I'm in no, the No, I have. Oh, you have. I figured it out for you. I've taken all the pressure off. You no longer. That's, Is it Kramer? Check that off. No, check that off your to-do list. Halloween costume. I've got Post you covered. Post Malone. Your, no. <laughs> I look kind of like Post Malone. Some face tattoos? Yeah. But uh, Brett's dad, my roommate, he goes, my dad was watching whatever award show and he goes, you know that, that post guy, he's really talented, but he's not doing himself any favors with those face tattoos of his. No. <laughs> it doesn't the way he sense. described it was like, he's not doing himself any favors. Like, and they're not even like, like gangster face tattoos. They're just like artistic face tattoos. I don't know, whatever. You can do whatever he wants. 
So your costume is going to be you. We need to come up with like a cardboard thing that goes over you, and it's going to be you like behind a keyboard and a screen. Because you offend people in real life, so it's going to be you as if you're behind a screen. See, that's much like my podcast name. It's just like no one's going to get it, but I'm doing it anyways. No, you just say you're a keyboard warrior. <laughs> it's a thing. That'd be good. I Have you ever heard that. of that? I've heard of, key- of keyboard warriors. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's I know you. lots of them. Yeah. You know like, lots of them? But I'm not a On warrior. On the internet, online, so, or in person? Uh, <laughs> in person, too. I just carry around a keyboard and be like, I can be offensive because I'm online. The thing is, like, I grew up at a time where, like, you would talk shit on forums because there wasn't Facebook. So, like, time we're the same age and I never talked shit on forums. You never talked shit on forums, like, even about video games or anything. Like, I would, I would destroy you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, I was. There was one forum I was on, and that was a Red Hot Chili Peppers forum. Did it ever get heated? I don't think so. Everyone just liked the music. Heated. I'm not gonna do that in Halloween costume. I'm in New York. I, I have to take. I'd have to take my. They Halloween do Halloween costume. in New York. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a big thing. Like we have to figure out a party to go to. We're in, yeah. I don't yeah, know what we're what gonna you, do. What are you gonna do? I was gonna just bring a suit and then put my hair up like Kramer. But like that yeah. might be shitty. So what's his? How does he stand? He, he holds, stands like with his, yeah. his his hand over his hand and like I. You can't really see me right now, but like. My hair is actually not bad today, but if I were to like frizz it up, it would stand up oh, exactly like Kramer's. You should do Kramer. You have to shave your beard though. I would have to. I'm, I am shaving it, I think, today. Are you? Yeah. The whole thing? Yeah, we got to do, do a that. presentation. You're going to look stupid. Well, like, 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 uh, trim it. Trim it. Yeah. Like, not. You're not going to razor it. No, that that's. So I'm fascinated by beards because I can't grow one. Like, when I had Rob on, I think we dedicated like five to ten minutes talking <laughs> about his beard. It's not as I don't know. I mean, people are gonna hate that. They're not as great. Like, they're almost more work because like you have to trim them, otherwise they look all scraggly. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I just would like the option. Yeah, but yeah, you don't. Like, you can't at all. No, that sucks. I shaved yesterday. You just want like options. Like, pretty, I want options in life. Maybe, but, I, but it's like what you always want what you don't have. Right? That's true. So not that I would grow a beard. I just want to be able to. Like, I would. It would be cool if I had bigger legs because I don't have them. You know. Go get some. What the, that's, Go what, get it. Have that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to ask you. What, how heavy did you get in these lifts? These fucking power lifts of yours, big boy. The most I lifted, like in training, deadlift was like seven forty-five. <laughs> Competition seven oh five. Don't just off the top of my head. Like I don't remember that well. But I know, but that's bench press four forty. <laughs> squat six. I, I hit six fifty, but that was in training. Six thirty. I'm surprised how your deadlift and your squat were so close. Is that typical for powerlifters? Uh, I would say yes, but like the federal, like this is where like powerlifting is like completely. Let's not get political. Here. Just give me the answers. I had knee wraps and a belt, so knee wraps add for me like a hundred pounds. So Seriously? Like, yeah, but like I tie them really tight. So like let's just say I was like I, I could squat like in mid five, so I'd get like almost a hundred pounds out of my knee wrap. Holy shit. And so, why is that? It just stabilizes you more? Yeah, it just stabilizes. It almost gives you something to bounce against. Cause like, put it to you this way, like I couldn't descend on my squats cause they were so tight without like at least 500 pounds. So like that's how oh. tight they are. So like, it's almost like- It's resistance like, it's, it's pushing. Resist- yeah, and it kind of oh. just keeps everything more stable. And like, I get a lot of weight out of it, but, but I also like, I'm trying to get every inch of performance out of it. So yeah. like, I'm not doing them half-assed. Like, I'm tying to my legs at purple. But when you say performance, that's strictly in the weight lifting, power lifting. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. That's not athletic performance. No, absolutely not. Like, so if I don't you wanted to train for athletic performance, you definitely not want to use straps and, or not straps, but knee wraps. I would say like, I wouldn't use knee wraps, like maybe a belt for like safety if you're getting the upper end of weight, but like. For example, I haven't used any of that stuff. I've recently started putting in a belt again, just as like a heavier for deadlifts, but mm-hmm. I don't- what weight do you put the belt on? 
probably like 400 pounds. Okay. Like ish. Yeah. I think it's dependent on the person. All it does is give you feedback to kind of brace yourself. So like you don't need it, but it's like one of those things where sometimes it's just like, if you're lifting heavy, like lifting heavy in general, once you start getting like pretty strong, has a higher opportunity to hurt you. Cause like if you're only lifting 200 pounds, yeah, you can kind of get away with a little bit more. But once you start getting to something that could hurt you, 400 pounds is gonna be 400 pounds on your spine, regardless of whether you're 120 pounds or 200 pounds. It's yeah. still like, you're designed for it, but it's still hard. Yeah. So I just kind of like take it easy. Okay, so here's where we're gonna provide value to, I think probably a lot of people like me who have been going to the gym for a long time, who just like are just, going through the motions for eat example sleep. eat and sleep like i know like what i'm doing i have like pretty decent form in most yeah. exercises but i've kind of like i've kind of just like got off into this territory where i'm just kind of like doing what i enjoy yeah and so right now i'm really liking like heavy squats yeah. and heavy deadlifts but like if i want to continue doing that should i do heavy squats and deadlifts every time or should I mix up doing like lighter days as well? Like what is the proper ratio? I would say, here's my, my viewpoint. I think like in total, it's like how much work are you doing in a given month, let's say or a given week. So I don't think it does matter. So like you're gonna adapt to what you do. So you should, if you wanna, if, you, if your goal is to lift like the heaviest squat you need to, you kind of have to start lifting heavier. Mm -hmm. I think the easiest answer for most people is you just gotta work harder and do more work. Mm -hmm. So I know that's like a super simple answer, but I think a lot of people don't understand what heavy is. Cause some people say I'm lifting heavy and then like, it's just a mental block where they're just not doing enough work in a uh, week or they're not actually pushing themselves hard enough because in order for your heavy and my heavy is very different. But like even for you, like a lot of people, once it gets uncomfortable, that's heavy. Yeah. And you have to go a little bit further than that. You almost have to like without, oh, fuck my language. Um, you almost have to eat a bit of shit if you want to get some of those goals. For sure. And I don't think a lot of people go that distance. So you need to find someone who can kind of put you in that territory. A lot of people can't do it themselves. So I it's really challenging to do it solo, right? Yeah, because you have to push yourself and like you have to understand what too much is and what yeah. too little is. And I would say most people err on the, the, the side of too little mm -hmm. that they don't understand what heavy is. But adapt. So you want to do what you're going to adapt to. If you want to be strong, you should start lifting heavier weights for sure. And like program wise, like there's tons out there that work, yeah. but you got to start lifting heavier. Will lighter days help? Absolutely. If you want to get better at bench press, you should probably bench press more. Yeah. So another day where it's maybe not as heavy yeah. wouldn't be a bad option. But then there's other realms where you would like the Russians, they'll, they'll lift heavy three, four times a week. Really? So it's okay. kind of just what you're good at, yeah. what you can handle volume wise, and honestly what you like. Yeah. If you don't like doing something, like there should be some element of uncomfortable and not liking something, but how long are you gonna be able to continue that? Right. So it's something you can find that's sustainable, that's kind of within the realm of pushing yourself. So, but my question, like specifically to like wearing, is there such a thing as like wearing out your central nervous system, yep. wearing out your muscles? Like, is it better, is it, is it better to mix in like lighter volume, more dynamic movements because it strengths, strengthens your stabilizers or it just provides some uh, variability in the exit in your- I think if the, the answer to that would be like just a different, <laughs> Variability is good if you want to be, so let me rephrase this. If, if the goal is to be very strong at something specific, if you want to be very specific with your goal, you're going to have to cut a bunch of the other stuff out. So would stabilizers and all that stuff help? Yes, initially to build that foundation, but the, the higher you go into the performance setting of specificity, mm -hmm. the more and more stuff you're going to need to cut out. Mm -hmm. So, but then the more attention you're going to need to pay to stuff like recovery. So I would say, 
the more you do of what you want to do, the better it's going to be. So that's where you'd have to find something programmed specifically to it. Mm -hmm. But in terms of is a lighter day going to help and is some of those other things going to help? Absolutely. Especially if your foundation sucks. So if your foundation and lifting sucks, before you even start thinking about lifting heavy, mm -hmm. start actually putting together a program where you're actually lifting weight. You're moving weight in the gym. You're understanding what it's like to work hard before you even start thinking about narrowing that down to strength. And I think a lot of people jump to a very specific goal too fast before they've even accumulated a body which can take on that realm of specificity. Because once right. you start getting up on those higher ends, you need to have a body that can handle it, that knows what it's like. Because once you start cutting stuff out, mm -hmm. um, now you have a lot less variability to for for injury, for recovery. Like you have to be on point the higher and higher you go. Right. So it's, it's yeah. kind of like the same reason like super high-end athletes will spend so much time like warming up, mm -hmm. right? It's like, they just like slowly, slowly get in that zone for that one like yeah. peak moment where they perform. I think most, like the, the, the kind of realm of kind of being strong and being fit, it's kind of gonna be somewhere in the middle. So I would say the answer that a lot of people will like will be the idea of if you wanna lift a little heavier, start adding some heavier work in, mm -hmm. but all the other stuff, if you want to be good at life and you want to exercise and, and run and, and jog and be able to play with your kids or walk your dogs and not be tired, you gotta start doing the other stuff too. Of course. Is there a perfect program for that? Yeah. Just do more work. Just do, if you more. Think, do more work, be good at life. And you have to be uncomfortable. At some point in the gym, if it's not uncomfortable, you're not gonna adapt. Yeah. So walking on the treadmill is not that hard. You probably gotta go a little bit harder. I like the people who are like hanging off when it's inclined. Like yeah. they think I'm on like 77 incline, but they're just like hanging there and like just moving their feet. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, it's just interesting, I, it, that idea of working hard is gonna be lost on a lot of people. I know what that's like because I smashed my head against people in football. Like I know what it's like to kind of go to that edge. Yeah, that's too far for right. for a large population. Sustainable uncomfortability. Yeah, right. Like that's probably the key. Yeah, and that's it's just like diet. It's like it's hard to be in deficit because you have food in your face all the time. You have to track things. You have to do all these things, and it, it is difficult. You'll feel like shit for a little bit, but it's essentially like that's the feeling that you pretty much want to live in, not all the time, but like that's the one that's going to get you progress is if it's, you have to give up something. If you mm -hmm. want something, you got to give something else. That up. keeps you in the present moment too, mm -hmm. right? And you're not too thinking too hard on the past or the, no. or the future, right? Because you're focused on dealing with the challenges of the here and now. Mm -hmm. And then that's the kind of, that's the kind of mentality that like a year from that point, you look up and you like kind of see like, hey, I'm above the tree line now. Yeah. Like, hey, look how far I've come. And the answer usually isn't sexy. It's usually like the stupid stuff, like the stupid stuff, the cliche stuff, sleep, being in a deficit, yeah. hitting your protein, yeah. not like deficit, but like it's not simple, overeating. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy and it's yeah. not sexy. It's not a magic pill. It's not like you got to do this for 30 days and do all this. I think a lot of the times 30 day challenges are like the perfect program work because people believe in it and they're more willing to do it, but really you just have to do things. What is an end point too, yeah. right? Okay, so let me ask you this then. In, let's dial it back to practicality here. Yeah. So in like a day where I was gonna lift heavier, for me, quote mm -hmm. unquote heavier, is it then stupid to also put in a bunch of like lighter stuff at the end of that workout too? Like I, I would say that that's probably the, the realm in which you probably would go like, like start adding the bodybuilding movements. I think there's nothing wrong with doing more work on the other stuff. Here's my example, like a day where I do like heavy squats and heavy yep. deadlifts and then throw in like a bunch of weighted lunges or sled pushes yeah. or, um, and then, you know, like 
lighter lighter romanian deadlifts that kind of stuff yeah and like that for the people listening that would be kind of like your accessory lifts like you kind of have your main goal it's like be good at squat so you yeah. squat yeah and then you would kind of work on the other muscles that would make your squat better so your hamstrings your quads your calves your core all that stuff mm-hmm. find little exercises to mix in there that are not necessarily going to that strenuous activity that you do with the heavy loading with squat but kind of just something where you'll fitness term get a pump but something that's going to make you work hard but not going to kill you because you only have you have a finite amount of like actual energy so like start those just start adding accessory lifts that are fun to do but those are all things that would probably be in a program yeah like squat then hit your accessory lifts okay so to take take those on at the end is not counterproductive no and but then at the other end putting there's some bodybuilding that pre-exhaust things to do it so like that's where like the the amount of stuff you could do there's like a million things that you can do that work the the easiest most non-sexy answer is to find a program you like that's kind of by someone reputable and follow that because there's this idea that you have to be on this perfect program and then it goes back to the they're never going to do it anyways yeah. they're looking for this perfect program that will do this this yeah. this and this just pick one and fucking do it because the consistency of actually getting in the gym and lifting and squatting will probably help your squat out more than trying to plan out the perfect percentage yeah because you end up doing less because you're almost you're almost blocked from the process because you're just again like, it's like fuck it post it right? fuck it post it yeah. like <laughs> like and that's a horrible way of looking at it but a lot of the times attitude and consistency will get you a lot further yeah now if you're dialing in the upper ends of performance like you're not going to have the best squat in the world if you're just fucking doing whatever but mm. there's there's a large that that everything underneath that a lot of it's just doing the work and yeah. getting in the gym and actually lifting like don't fuck yourself up like don't go to the point where you're puking every workout like that seems like common sense but like it, that's not necessarily true. Like people, that's like, why I train fasted now. <laughs> Nothing like, to throw up. Do something that you will actually do and do it. Yeah. Like if you if you want to squat, like squat and get your squat up, probably just squat all the time. Like I know that's not a super specific <laughs> answer. The answer for when people come to talk to me will be yeah. it'll depend. You'll do something of specific, but yeah, like, yeah. like do more work. But these are the these are the good. And you know what? Like I've heard this before, right? Mm-hmm. But it's good to get that reminder of like because you can like. For a guy like me where consistency has never been a problem. Going to the gym every day of my life, unless like something comes up or mm-hmm. like unless I'm hungover and mm-hmm. can't physically make it there, like those are the only things that stop me. Yeah. But like it's part of my day and it's part of my routine. So I'm lucky that I've never had to deal with that. What I do deal with because of that consistency is you get a little bit like, you know, lost. You yeah, wander a little. I would say, yeah. So there's... You got to reset that motivation. Maybe, maybe here's a different answer is that consistency is good to a point until you have something specific, then you'll have to probably start looking for that next level. Mm-hmm. Another thing that can really drive that to is environment and like the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Because if you're in an environment like a gym, let's just say where everyone's doing stupid stuff or everyone's super... Um, they have the opportunity to be stronger. They're not weak, but you're you're dealing with people that aren't pushing. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. That's amazing. You're but, not weak. You have the opportunity to be you stronger. You have the opportunity to be stronger. I'm gonna use that. Who's gonna push you? Like if you were if you were lifting with me every day, you'd probably push yourself a little harder than yeah. you would if you were lifting with Andrew Coates because he's weaker than me. Whoa! <laughs> but like shade. But who you surround yourself with will kind of set up. Where of course, you're going to be. contextual, right? Yeah. Like hundred percent. That's the same with any pursuit in life. That's why CrossFit does so well because they have a tribe of people with the same goal. Yeah. I might not necessarily agree with the methodology, but they're all kind of pushing each other. Yeah. And that environment outside of like consistency is probably one of the most important factors mm-hmm. outside of like volume and all that stuff. A lot of that stuff doesn't matter if you're in a place that doesn't push you to be better. Right. And that is a hard place for people to find. A because a lot of gyms are scary. 
just even get in the door if you're someone looking to get into fitness. Yeah, because people like fucking you would work there. Yeah, and like I look, I look threatening. Yeah. And now you go into gym with a lot of people that look like me who are doing stuff that are stupid. Now you walked into gym and you see a bunch of people doing stupid shit. You're gonna mimic that because you don't know any better. Yeah. So it's just you got to find the right tribe of people that are gonna push you, and that is a huge, huge undertaking because I've even had struggled to find that. Mm-hmm. So it's environment's a huge factor, and finding people that are better will probably drive your success a lot more than some of the other stuff. What's, you know what I mean? what's the most gratifying part about being a trainer for you? That I get to get paid to learn and teach stuff that I like. And so, I get to, I get the opportunity to, um, I guess, see into what I want to learn and like I just have everything planned out where like I know I want to learn this and how I'm going to integrate that. The problem solving that comes with kind of assimilating all the knowledge and creating something that I think is awesome to do and then getting money for it. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me go one step farther then. Yeah. Further. Um, that's just the wind. What's the most gratifying part of working with other people as a trainer? The, I do find, um, it does feel good to be someone that can help people solve problems that they might not necessarily be able to solve themselves because I've been there. So like mm-hmm. I've been injured and not gonna throw anyone on the bus, but I didn't have the best guidance growing up. Mm-hmm. I had to search for the answers to a lot of my own shit. And I understand how stressful that is, how much it can weigh on you going through life, like with injuries and not knowing what to lift and how do I do this? How many sets do I do this? I had all these questions that we're talking about mm-hmm. and I was given stupid answers. And I did those answers to the point where it fucked me up even more. So I like being that person that someone can come to and they'll get the answer they seek most of the time or I'll point them in the right direction and it's almost like taking that anxiety or that stress with not knowing how to make those changes mm-hmm. and then being that person for someone so like that I do find that's nice because I know what it feels like per, like and I have empathy for that so I can understand it and I do it is enjoyable in that respect so you like being the trusted brand essentially yeah like <laughs> I, I like knowing stuff and like getting people to understand that like I do take I take a different approach to training. So like, I'm not someone who goes and like, you're going to do this program. I'm going to smash you. I'm going to cheer you on. Like I'm, I'm almost like a, um, I don't want to say a mentor because that sounds stupid. I'm like a, you're like a co-pilot with me. If you were training with me, like we're doing this together. I'm putting what's in my brain and I'm trying to find a way to make that understandable in your model. Yeah. So you'll, I have all this complicated stuff in my brain. I'm rambling on a whole bunch of shit. How do I not do that and put it in a pre-packaged present with a bow and say, right. here it is. Yeah. You don't have to know all this other stuff. You don't have to do all that stuff I know. You just need to do this and then they get it. That's like awesome for me. So I, I really, my main goal is that people don't need me. I don't want to trap people into being reliant on the fact that I'm their trainer and that's the only way they're going to do this thing. Like, mm-hmm. Fuck that. Like. Mm-hmm. I'd, I wouldn't want that myself. So I train people very similar to the podcast, how I would want to be trained, yeah. which is going to narrow the field of people I work with. But the people that I work with are good to go. Yeah. Well, you've got an interesting funnel, right? Or yeah. you've got multiple funnels because yeah. you could have a total newbie come to you and like you could get them up and running yeah. <clears throat> on the basics. Yeah. And, and here you are on your way. You have you have the tools now to live the, the fit type of lifestyle that you yeah. want to live. Yeah. Then you get the opposite end of the spectrum. Someone like me comes in who yeah. has that base already, knows what I'm doing yeah. and I've been doing it for so long where I'm like, I want to do better and I want to go higher yeah. and I can't do that alone. So you literally have both ends of that. That's yeah. Cool. And like I, I like secretly love like 
I have this like pretty fucked up view of like the fitness industry where like I think everyone's stupid. <laughs> In terms <laughs> is that of like the, just the fitness industry, I, it's like everything. It's just like you, keyboard you, warrior. It's keyboard warriors. Like there's this image on what fitness should be and like what these movements people are doing and how they're coaching it has to be this way. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of them miss the boat. And like I've been like continuing to head up the ass and like I have a network now of people I can ask questions. And like once I started to pull the veil over what what the fuck was actually up in terms of how movement should be formed, what should be done, how things are, it's a lot different than what common knowledge is. And I love getting guys like you where I'll just show you like something super simple. You're like, what the fuck was yeah. that? And like, yeah, like the bracing technique has but, changed my workout. But no one's gonna tell, and that's, that's, like, that's like the tip of the iceberg. There's yeah. like a bunch of shit. And like, you can't find that information. Like I looked, I had to pay for it. Like, yeah. and it's, it's so weird that a lot, like to me at this point, how some of the simple stuff I know is like super complex or like mind blowing. And I like the fact that I know the secrets mm-hmm. and I'm not monetizing that. Like you don't see me like throwing carrots out there for people. Mm-hmm. I just like blowing people's minds. But I like to, again, awaken that understanding of, hey, things aren't as they seem. Mm-hmm. And now they're inspired to go like, I need to learn about this bracing thing. And there's so much out there, but you can't find it. And I like to kind of get that spark going yeah. for people. That's really cool. I think we're so we're so messed up like that we have to quantify everything. Mm. Everything's about like a target or a goal, but not the journey, right? Like no. it's um, you know, even like for me like what what am, I can't I can't really qualitatively tell you like or quantifiably tell you why I'm working out. Yeah. You know, it's like what makes me feel good. I yeah. like that part. What's your goal? Well, my goal is to feel good. Yeah. Okay. So and like getting do things under- that don't injure me. Yeah. And I like to see progress. So do things that are going to make you better. Yeah. And, you know, do things that you can eat all the food because we want to eat all the food. Well, and I think that there's a, like, like I said, that question doesn't get asked enough. And when it does get asked, the answers are pretty prepackaged to the point where I don't think there's an understanding of why we do some of the things we do. And like, I'm super excited about that process of myself that I like when I can do that for other individuals because once you start questioning the little things like I have this weird thing I've been going off of lately that I, I don't always put everything out there but there's like this thing with your jaw like everyone's jaw is super tense when they're lifting I got this pain face mm-hmm. and like I started putting some stuff out like hey just like don't try so hard let your jaw be loose in your lifting and your weights are up there like yeah like whatever this guy's fucked and then I get all these DMs like man that's crazy and like I notice I'm doing that in this when I'm sitting on a chair when I'm driving my jaw is just loose yeah and there's a bunch of central nervous system stuff tied into like a lot of this voodoo stuff that I love because like when I do it I don't I don't talk about it in terms of like how all these voodoo people do I'm just like I throw like a little tidbit out there and I'm like try this and it's just like it, it kind of flicks this switch on like holy shit there's more to this world than kind of what's being presented and i'm excited about the stuff that's coming out and i like when people get excited about it because it's logical when you do it and i think that um some of this weird shit that people do um that works is usually thought of being restricted just like yogis and like people with beards and and like those i don't know they're meditating and they're doing all this weird shit but like there's, a, there's some shit in there that you can do that will change your life and you don't have to be this weird yogi person to do it. And I, I love integrating like this weird shit that's pretty industry training and then like you're getting stronger now. You're getting stronger because your jaw is loose and you relaxed a little bit. That's opposite of what you think. You need to get jacked up, smack yourself in the face, have a red face, push into your belt and go. And it's almost like sometimes like what's common knowledge isn't necessarily the best way to get to your goal. Right. Like, try new shit. Right. I think that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty profound. And, um, I, and I can't even get into half of it. Like I'm saying, Oh, I know the stuff, but there is, 
there is a realm of understanding in terms of fitness that right. just doesn't get integrated with that. You're kind of like a fitness mythbuster almost. Fitness mythbuster, love it. Like fitness, you're myth, doing this mythbuster. That's a tough thing to say. My new thing is like common <laughs> exercises people do wrong. Yeah, but it's like well, what this guy I, said to do this, and I'm, you did it absolutely wrong. Like, well, no, this guy told me no, wrong. He's yeah. wrong. He doesn't even know why he's doing it. What happened? You're you're doing a bunch of gymnastics stuff before. <laughs> I was committing, as I say, don't commit to these stupid challenges. I was like, screw it, I'm gonna do a handstand. I think I can do it better. Yeah. And like, I, I still think I could do it, but it was messing up my goals. Why did you want to do a handstand? Uh, it just, it, it was fun. It was? It was, it was, was it? It wasn't fun after I did it, and so I stopped. So again, didn't like it, stopped doing it, but I, I kind of injured myself actually, because I was just doing it all the time. So your shoulders got messed up? Oh yeah, but my shoulders got messed up because I didn't take away other stuff I was doing. Oh, okay. So like, I know stuff, and I still don't do it, because I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> I can overcome my knowledge. I can overcome exactly what I know to be true, oh, and I'm gonna my. do the exact opposite, and then I hurt myself, and then I sit there, and I'm like, why didn't I listen to myself? But you're pushing the boundaries of reality, and yeah. that's the only way we learn right it's like touching the oven it's like yeah. no you won't do that but that's what i mean i get paid to kind of teach those lessons so it is fun to go through the you can do a lot of things wrong but i think if you don't reflect on it i'm i'm totally i reflected on it yeah so like i understand what i did yeah. but for me i'm one of those people that need i need to do it and try it and feel it and yeah. i'm not going to disregard anything but i'm going to try it yeah and yeah. some things will work and some things won't and you're still young-ish, so Ish. like when you get to that point where your body's no longer recovering from these yeah. things, maybe you'll start doing less stupid things. Well, I, I wanna, I wanted to do an actual handstand, so not those ones that like fling up and they're. What qualifies? Arch. How like how many seconds qualifies a handstand? Well, I just wanted to get up and be straight without like you know like in CrossFit where they kind of throw their legs oh, back and they have the big arch back. Yeah, like I could do that. Like, oh. I'm not gonna. I, I I've done that in the past, like but it, that hurt, it hurts, and you look like a clown. It's hard. Like it's it's hard on your body. I wanted to do it the way the yogis. Do it where they come up really controlled yeah they almost, like, pull themselves up that's kind of sexy yeah it's hard as hell like they make it look super easy i remember i my, i did a power yoga class one yeah. time and i'd never done yoga before it and it was like an intermediate level so not even beginner yeah and the flows were just insane and he went through levels so like level one level two and it's just slight adjustments that made it harder and harder and harder yeah so we're doing this like I think like inverted something like the frog or whatever where your knees are kind of on your forearms yep. and you're on your hands. I'm like, okay, this is like level five. I'm like, yep. this is pretty good. He's like, all right, level six. And he like pops up and then level seven. And then he's doing like not even a straight up and down handstand. He gets to like level 11 or something. And he's, he's got a bend in his elbows yet his body is perfectly straight. And I'm like, this guy is a freak of nature. Well, and like that still is like, that would be cool to do. Um, but I do have other goals in mind yeah. at the moment. So like, it just didn't mix well. And I kind of realized that, but like, that's, that's like cool. Like you see that you're like, man, if I could do that, like yeah. think of the people I can impress just, at parties. Just another thing, being good at your job, right? But like, if people see that they're more likely, if, if, if I kind of have this weird thing, like if people see you doing that, they may be more likely to listen to some of the other stuff. Cause if you do that, most people can't do that. It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll still hang on the fact that they lift to 700 pounds. I personally, it doesn't really matter to me, but 745. I usually leave with seven because it's like the other ones is just, yeah. Seven is like good enough, but six is good enough. Yeah. But the fact that I lifted 700 pounds when I was really stupid and injured, people don't need to know that. They just know I lifted 700 pounds, thus I know things. Yeah. But I like actually knowing things behind it because there's a lot of people who have done things and they're the worst coaches. Right. They don't know shit, they're just strong. And I They got lucky sometimes, right. right? So it's on my resume, I padded it. It's like if you can do a nice handstand and lift 700 pounds, like, well, he's not a complete idiot, they assume. 
I could be. And I'm like, go on, fitness resumes. Can do handstand. It went up. I didn't. The deadlift went on there, I think. Your deadlift is on your resume? I think it was like, uh, no, maybe it wasn't. I think it was like, I won a national championship. But like, I put it on there. Pick like, up heavy things. Good at life. Like, played college football. You know, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I put that on there. I right. could be the worst football player in the world. Exactly. But, but you got to that the level. The fact that I was at that level, people, yeah. it's just that understanding of, well, he must be good. Yeah. I could be, I could have been on the bench, which I wasn't. But, if you play college football, that's something that you can't just do. Yeah. And even the guys that say like, I could have done that. Like, yeah, you couldn't. Like, but you didn't. Would've, you would have. But you didn't. Like, I made a movie. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who think they can make movies, but they can't make that movie. And when they went to your film, like, oh, that's a, a movie movie. Yeah. Hey, oh, you made a real movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Now you, you, have, make... you have cred. You have street cred now. You did something that is very hard to do. Like, to common knowledge. And maybe it's not hard to make a film. Maybe it's super easy. But they don't know that. Super easy to make a shitty one. Yeah. yeah. Super easy to make a podcast. And yeah, but shitty, like, shitty or good. It's pretty easy. <laughs> so it's it's kind of... Um, I was, Those things excite me though. It's kind of cool. What's your, what's your fitness goals now? The fitness goal right now is I'm part of this like... I don't know if it's like a secret training group, but there's like this like bunch of strength and conditioning professionals that kind of do these retreats like once or twice a year. And mm-hmm. we all have like training goals like max bench and squat and this like super horrible... Um, circuit called the Cajun but it's just like a bunch of circuited really heavy lifts and rounds and yeah. it's just fucking the most awful thing ever anyways we go there and we have like basically a lift off yeah. and we lift just fuck off. around and do yoga and like play guitar and go shoot guns in Texas and what the like, fuck I that sounds amazing it is amazing but like I have a goal now that's not powerlifting, and I right. think that my goal is just to be strong and healthy Yeah, healthy meaning I've been injured my whole life and I'm kind of working towards um just kind of still pushing strength. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a number in mind, but I do enjoy the, pr- I'm starting to enjoy the process where powerlifting, I enjoyed the goal, right. hated the process, right. I fucking hated it. Yeah. And so I'm kind of having a new relationship with lifting and I'm getting stronger because of it, so it's kind of cool. That's awesome, and like doing it the right way and it kind of goes back to the basics mm-hmm. of like, you know, you could, yeah, you could get stronger and, and bigger and do it the mm-hmm. proper way, but it's not sustainable. And then when you finally get it the right way, like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what I'm going to do from now on. Yeah. And I like posting, like, I like posting some of the stuff I do because, um, there's this notion, like, cause I'll still lead with, I was a powerlifter, but there's this notion of getting put into a box of what I could do. And I just want to be a good role model in the sense that. If I'm going to tell people to work hard and do these things, I want to be able to do them. If I'm going to tell people to sleep, I'm going to yeah. do them. If I'm going to tell people you to walk the walk, right? Yeah, and like I've noticed that it helps me, but it's not one of those things where I'm selling you snake oil. Like I'm fucking doing this, and like if you don't believe me, go look. Like can you do that? And like maybe they can, maybe they can't. But I get street cred in my realm just by being a good role model and mm-hmm. posting what I do, because um, I'm not doing anything out, like out of this world. But it is something that I think a lot of my general crowd likes is that. You can learn, you can be smart, you can lift heavy, you can work through injuries, you can work through your personal shit, you can do all that and still move forward. And I think that you can switch careers midway. And I kind of just like, I like my story and I just want to put that out there. And then, as I say, I don't want to help people, but I I do like connecting with people like me. So because I put that out, I have now surrounded myself with more people like me. And that's kind of my new goal outside of all that is to find more insane friends and then build together a group of clients that want to do shit like that like that's my realm it's amazing what what comes back when you put stuff out in the world right yeah you like, get what you put out yeah. like really yeah what you're looking for for sure and like it can get echo chambery sometimes but and so this is kind of cool so that was i hate echo chambers 
And my goal outside of that, as I have all these goals, was to find people that want to question everything that don't like echo chambers. So I'm like the anti-tribe. I'm right, the tribe yeah. that like doesn't like the 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 tribalism or like the, the extreme tribalism that comes with being part of that. So yeah. we're open to all of it and how to just move forward with your goals and like not being dismissive of things. So I like people that aren't dismissive of anything, but they're also smart about it. So mm-hmm. we're not, we, I don't like people who, who think things that are actually scientifically proven to be stupid still think it's good yeah. i'm kind of open-minded but i do respect what's true in terms of some of the scientific stuff yeah. which can't cover everything so the tribe of the anti-tribe and want to be strong the anti-tribe i don't know is that was that even like a good description of what that is yeah i think people got it yeah yeah for the most part how you doing for time you gotta get out of here you're like i got like 10 minutes we've been cruising for an hour i had to plug my laptop and it almost died did we even get together what, what like what are we for anyone listening where you're like we did this at the bar like fuck it we're just gonna yeah. talk about shit and then we end up i may have talked in circles you may have talked about lifting like i think you wanted lifting advice well, i think i got some like go fucking try harder yeah <laughs> do, do more work but like you, you have a busy schedule like you're going you're going to australia and doing these things like how realistically strong are you gonna get and i think that how much shit are you willing to eat in the process yeah i don't know i've eaten some shit i like the the interesting thing to me is always the injury right like yeah. it seems like someone's always working through some type of injury mm-hmm. and the moment that you get like free and clear of it is almost when you're like you get bored of working out and yeah. then like and then you do something silly or you get an injury yeah. like maybe maybe not even doing something stupid you just like something pops or something goes yeah. a weird way and then it's like okay then it's like having it's resistance oh, having yeah. like having having an obstacle to overcome yeah. makes it more worthwhile so it's I, like i, I gotta like, train around this injury now right anthony my business partner and i kind of like came to this conclusion is like i'm always like searching for things <laughs> to fix my injury yeah and it's almost like the second i get good i almost do shit to hurt myself yeah. so i can learn more and I, it's a super horrible loop and what i don't know if, if i break I'm, this <laughs> but like, i don't know if that's the case but i started to like consciously be aware of that yeah. and like stop doing stupid stuff <laughs> but like at the same time what i have is is partially because of my injury right like you know so much because you made so many mistakes so like you're maybe, the kid that's breaking his toys to find out how they work yeah right? like and, and i don't know if that's like maybe my subconscious is doing that but like i can every breakthrough i've had is because i've done something stupid yeah or i pushed it way too far and i know i have a better i have pretty good judgment except for when it comes to those moments i just i forget everything and do something stupid and it's always I don't know. It's you stupid. need that like that angel devil thing like on your shoulder. I game. wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't tell anyone to do it, but I, if I explain some of the stuff I've done, I, I don't tell people what I've done because that would be that would be stupid. Yeah. They do, might not trust me. Do as what much. I say, not what I do. So I guess I do tailor my image. Ah, you know, that's not true. I think I put out most of the stuff I've done stupid, like pushing through injuries and whatever, man. Well, yeah. fuck it. This has been fun. Yeah. I like uh, I like jiving. It was good. Yeah. Was I wish we would have got some of the stuff before. Oh yeah, the Stevie Wonder chat. Yeah, but that's all my shit. You don't need to talk that's about true. my shit. No one gives a shit about you on the podcast. No, no I don't even. Do people even give a shit about me? Yeah, I have people like you. Twenty four hundred people a week like you. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe I'll send them your way. Yeah, you can do maybe, that. Maybe I'll advertise. Maybe I won't. No, because what's my last one? I, we can't talk numbers on here, can we? About what? Like viewers? Oh yeah, I don't care. I like, think your last one. What? Did, I think one hundred twenty six. So like, if you're listening and you like this share it with your friends don't be a, an asshole don't be you know? stingy like i still it would be sweet if more people fo- like followed my podcast you know yeah like is that too much to ask 
Yeah, I don't know. Like at the end of the day, I do this because it's enjoyable for me and I hope that it's enjoyable for the people that I talk to, right? Yeah. Like There was no script here. No. Kind of a script you wrote. No, I took those were notes because instead of because I don't listen to these after, yeah. now I know what we talked about. Yeah, it's worse to listen to your own voice. Yeah, it's horrible. I can't stand it. Yeah. I did my first radio interview last <laughs> week and I listened to it and it was funny because I was nervous. I've done yeah. fif- over 50 podcasts, right? Yeah. But like where I'm hosting, where I'm the responsible one, but then I get one call in interview and I'm like, like shit, like I hope I'm good. <laughs> like you're the worst. Like you have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah, no, it was it was good. It went well. But anyway, let's get you out of here, man. Yeah, five star review. Yeah, right? sure. Five stars. I yeah. said that to the Uber driver last night. Five stars. Do you listen? He's just he's just dropping. You're the Uber listener. You're the, like, I want your number. Okay. I'm gonna get out of here. All right. See you guys. Peace.